Our word for the day, we're going through our one word series, and our word is kindness. And I bet you heard it when we were singing many of our songs this morning. And speaking of singing, uh, we are not yet finished singing. I'd like to sing a special song this morning, another song that mentions kindness. And for that, I need I'm not going to ask Frank to come back and lead that song. I'm going to attempt it myself, but I need some help. I need the help of our children. And if you, let's just say, are in uh, elementary school and down, if you know the song called the Fruit of the Spirit song, which if you come to our Vacation Bible School, I guarantee that you do, I'd like for you to join me up here so that you can sing this song with me this morning. So don't be shy. Fifth grade, well, maybe if you're in your fifth grade, you think, oh, I'm too old for that. But you are welcome up here. Fifth grade and down, please come and join me. Come on up here. All the kiddos, join me. There's a brave, there's a brave one here. All right, come on up here. Fantastic. Come on up on the stage with me, but make sure you don't stand behind the podium here so everybody can see you. Excellent. Anybody else want to join us? Come on up. I'm not adults. I'm not asking you. Any other children? Okay, are y'all ready to sing this song with me? This is the Fruit of the Spirit song. We'll start with um, coconut, right? The fruit of the Spirit's not a coconut. What? There you go. That's your part. Come on. Here, let's sing it again. The fruit of the Spirit's not a coconut. What? The fruit of the Spirit's not a coconut. What? If you want to be a coconut, you might as well hear it. You can't be a fruit of the Spirit because the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Maybe a little bit of stage fright up here. But let's sing a couple more verses and maybe they'll get warmed up. Here we go. The fruit of the Spirit's not a... Let's do kiwi. Y'all ready? The fruit of the Spirit's not a kiwi. Wee! Y'all are making me look silly up here. Come on. The fruit of the Spirit's not a kiwi. Wee! If you want to be a kiwi, you might as well hear it. You can't be a fruit of the Spirit. If you know, let's sing. Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, Gentleness and self-control. All right, last one. The fruit of the Spirit's not a watermelon. Here we go. The fruit of the Spirit's not a watermelon. What you telling? The fruit of the Spirit's not a watermelon. What you telling? If you want to be a watermelon, you might as well hear it. You can't be a fruit of the Spirit because the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Very good. Thank y'all so much for your help. Can we give them a hand? Fantastic. Very good. Kindness. One of the fruit of the Spirit. You know, when it comes to kindness, our culture is... uh, well, they're, they're kind of bipolar. 
Kindness has a varied reputation in our culture. On the one hand, it's a virtue of society. It's something that our culture prizes. I think about the uh, very famous book turned movie, The Help. I bet many of you have seen that. The, one of the main characters, Abilene, what does she say to the young children that she helps to raise? She's got three phrases that she tells them. You is kind, you is smart, you is important. And I also think about what Cinderella's mother told her. And listen, as a father of three girls, I will make no apologies for referencing Cinderella from the pulpit. I have no shame. I know all about it. Cinderella's mother says to her, before she passes away, very sad saying, she says, have courage and be what? Be kind. Yes. So on the one hand, it's prized. And yet, on the other hand, as we look around in our culture, we can quickly observe that cruelty abounds. We've seen these reality TV shows, so to speak, where people yell at each other and they berate each other and most of the words have to be bleeped because they're not allowed on television. People can be so mean to one another. Have you ever seen some of the comments that people leave on various websites on the internet? I mean, truly, the comment section on some of these websites is where kindness goes to die. There are mean, cruel, and often vile comments that people leave anonymously on the internet. I think about what Paul says in Ephesians chapter 5, verse 12. It is shameful even to speak of the things that they do that the world does in secret, Some of the things that people write online are so gross and so vile and so mean. We as God's people, we as Christians, dare not even reference them. Dare not even speak about them. And so on the one hand, the world wants to be kind. And yet on the other, the world is very mean. I think we could all agree this morning that the world, that our culture, that our country, and maybe even our church needs more kindness. And let me share some good news with you. The good news is that Christians, us, God's people, we are uniquely equipped to provide it, to provide kindness to a world that is in need of it. And why is that? Well, it's because we are children of a God who is kind. We worship a kind God. We serve a kind God. Do you believe it? Do you see God in that way? When you think about God, does the word kindness come to mind? It ought to. Let me teach you a Hebrew word from the Old Testament, and I may not need to teach it to you. You may have already heard of it because it is a word that is used quite frequently in the 39 books of the Old Testament, and it is hesed. Hesed. It appears nearly, get this, 250 times in the Bible, often in relation to God, and it is translated variously as mercy, as love, as loving kindness, or very simply, as kindness. The 26th Psalm, verse 3, the psalmist observes, your kindness or your steadfast love, as it appears in some translations, is before my eyes. The Bible firmly believes and teaches that the God 
that we serve is a God who is kind. The Old Testament, we often think of the Old Testament as presenting an angry God, but the Old Testament makes clear that the God of Israel and now the God of, of, of the church, God's new people, is kind. It's an intrinsic part of his character. It can be observed easily. And so therefore, we who are the children of God through faith in Christ, we are God's new people. It was Israel, God's chosen nation in the Old Testament, and now it's us. Those who, from all backgrounds and countries and nations and tribes, who by faith in Christ are now brought into God's family, we are called to be kind. Our character should resemble the character of our Father. And yet, from the way that we talk sometimes, if you listen carefully to some of the words that we speak, you wouldn't know that we're all that concerned with character, with those inner qualities that make a person who he or she is. For instance, listen to how we often instruct our children. Listen to what we desire for our children in the way that we talk to them. We say to them, I want you to be polite. I want you to have good manners. I want you to say yes, sir, and no, sir, and yes, ma'am, and no, ma'am, and please, and thank you. I want you to be respectful of others, especially those who are older than you, your elders. I want you to speak when spoken to, smile at other people. I want you to grow up to be a, a responsible, decent, upstanding citizen. Now, there's a problem with all of that. Can you spot it? The problem is, these are all outward behaviors. And when we talk about outward behaviors before or to the neglect of inner character, we're getting it all wrong. We're getting it backward. We are getting the cart before the horse. What does the Bible say? Well, in Proverbs chapter 4, verse 23, the Proverbs writer observes this. He says, Keep your heart with vigilance, for from it flow the springs of life, or the issues of life. Everything that you do and say comes from deep within you, comes from your heart. And when I say heart, I don't mean just the seat of emotions. I'm using it in the way that... Bible people used it, that ancient Jews used it. The heart was the operating system of the person. It was the center of their intellect, will. It was their decision-making portion of who they were. It was the center of everything that they were, the heart. And the Proverbs writer says, everything that you do in life and say comes from your heart. So keep your heart. Guard your heart. Because from it, that's the wellspring of life. From it flow the issues of life. And in the New Testament, I think about what Jesus says in Luke chapter 6, verse 45. Jesus continues to say that faith in God, it's not about behavior modification. It's about heart renewal. Listen to him. The good person out of the good treasure of his heart produces good. But the evil person out of his evil treasure produces evil. And listen to this part. For out of the abundance of the heart, his mouth speaks. Your words, your thoughts, your deeds, they come from whatever is in your heart. It is the overflow of the abundance of your heart, the core of who you are. 
People that are too concerned with outward behaviors, people who only talk about the things that I just mentioned when I rattled off that list with with just the, the surface level veneer stuff that only the people that we come into contact see, people too concerned with that stuff can easily become what Jesus calls whitewashed tombs. That's what he calls the Pharisees in Matthew chapter 23, 27. Yeah, there may be a fresh coat of paint on the outside. Yeah, it might look nice and shiny and new. But on the inside, there's nothing but bones and death and decay and emptiness. And you know, parents who are too concerned with outward behaviors with, when it concerns their children, they'll end up with kids who might be nice to other people, but they won't be kind. Now listen, I'm not knocking outward behaviors. I'm just critiquing the order in which we place inner character and outward behaviors. Because after all, God's kindness, our word for the day and for the week, is only known because it is expressed. Listen to what the psalmist says in the 31st Psalm, verse 21. Blessed be the Lord, for He has wondrously shown His steadfast love or kindness has said to me. God has shown His kindness to me. Can you say that? Has God shown His kindness to you? Listen in the New Testament to... Paul in the book of Titus, Titus chapter 3, verses 4 and 5, Paul says, when the goodness and loving kindness of God our Savior appeared, He saved us, not because of works done by us in righteousness, but according to His own mercy, by the washing of regeneration and renewal of the Holy Spirit. We know God is kind by His actions to save us through Jesus Christ. And we can get in on that kindness through what Paul here calls the washing of regeneration. And we take that to mean water baptism and the renewal of the Holy Spirit, the gift of the Spirit that accompanies that baptism. God has given us a way to be saved, to be in relationship with Him. And that is the primary way that we can know He's kind. God has shown us, He's demonstrated His kindness to us in sending us Jesus. His kind character is known in Christ, the Son of the living God. But you know, His kindness, His kindness can be seen in other specific ways in our lives. Do you try to, do you try to spot the kindness of God as you go throughout your life? Are you always on the lookout ways that God is kind to you? Are you a scout for God's kindness? You know, God is kind in all sorts of ways that maybe we don't see because we don't yet have the eyes to see, or because our eyes are not wide open, because we're not looking hard enough. The kindness of God can be seen or heard in the laughter of a child, in the beauty of a sunset, in the kind or encouraging word of a friend in the observation of God's providential care and work in your life, as you go throughout the rest of your day, look for the evidences of God's kindness in your life. I mean, we could sit here in church all day and talk about how God is kind and how the Bible teaches us that God is kind, but what good does that do unless we go home and we believe it 
and we begin looking for evidence that God is kind and looking for ways that He is kind specifically in tangible ways in our lives. Start being a scout for the kindness of God in your life. And I guarantee you will be more blessed than you are today. As God's kindness is only known through His demonstration of that kindness, likewise, our inner kindness, if we've got it, can only be known if it is expressed. I think about what Paul says in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 32. He says, be kind to one another. It's not just an inner quality to Paul. It's something that you show to your brother and sister in Christ. Be kind to one another. Express it. Because what good is it if it's unexpressed? Thinking about our kids again and how we often um, teach them and instruct them. You know, an emphasis on Spirit-produced inner kindness, like we sang about up here in the Fruit of the Spirit song, we begin teaching them that God forms these qualities within us when we submit our lives to Him through baptism. When we begin to do that, I believe that kind behavior will be the natural result of that. It will bubble up from kind character. But that might not always happen when we get the cart before the horse and we start talking about outward behaviors and and being a good citizen before we lay that important foundation. So is the Spirit producing kindness in you that is manifesting itself outwardly? Is your kind heart spilling over in warm smiles and hugs and encouraging words? Inner kindness can only be known if it is expressed. And we only know God's kindness because He's expressed it and shown it to us. Maybe you think, yeah, I'm a kind person. But are you really if you don't seem kind to the people around you? If you're not taking opportunities to do kind things and to say kind words, what good is kindness if it goes unexpressed? You know, I'm about to share a story with you, and it's the type of story uh, that sometimes we wait and share at a funeral, but I think, why wait? Uh, I want to honor a kind lady who is a member of our congregation, and I am not sure if she's here today or not. I did not check. Polly Church. Is Sister Polly here? If she's not, I'm just going to brag on her anyway. And then y'all, when she gets back, you can tell her the preacher talked about her. And uh, tell her it was all good. One afternoon a few months ago, Sister Polly pulled up in our driveway unannounced. And I went out to greet her as she was slowly getting out of her car, uh, steadying herself with her cane. And she said to me, I brought you a homemade loaf of bread for you and your family to have with your dinner tonight. So I looked through the car window, and there it was wrapped in a paper towel in her pass- on her passenger seat, still warm from the oven. And the aroma, I mean, honestly, is there a better smell on earth than fresh baked bread? I don't know that there is. It smelled delicious, so I came around, and uh, before I got the bread, I hugged her, and I said, thank you so much for thinking of us. You know, I was just tickled and honored that She thought to go to all this trouble, bake us this bread. And she said, well, you know what? I think about you all quite often. I just finally decided to do something about it. I think about you a lot. 
I just finally decided to show you that I think about you. What act of kindness have you been thinking about doing for somebody, but you haven't yet done it? What kind thought has been percolating in your head that you haven't yet expressed or shown? I have a preacher friend on Facebook, and he posts a lot of excellent content on there. This is one of my favorite posts of his. Here's what he says. Consider a compliment, a debt that you owe from the moment you think it until the moment you speak it. As soon as a kind thought about someone pops into your mind, tell yourself, this doesn't belong to me, it belongs to them. That's what Polly thought that day. I'm done thinking about it. I'm ready to do something about it. He says, send a text, write a card, give them a call quickly before you forget to pay up. And how many of us have done that? We have, a, we have a nice thought about somebody. We think, I need to do that for them. And then life gets in the way and our busy schedules intrude. And before you know it, it's slipped from our brains and we never think of it again. He says, you never know how paying someone a compliment might change their day. And I would say, change their week. Maybe, maybe even change their life. You believe kindness can be that powerful? I do. So my challenge to you is, you know, we've got a whole day ahead of us. My challenge to you is send that text. Make that call. Write that card. Do it this afternoon. Deliver that pie or that loaf of bread. Do something to make your kindness shown. Stop thinking about it and act on it. Do it. Before you forget to do it. Now there's one more thing about God's kindness, His hesed, as we've been talking about this morning, that I want to share with you. In the Old Testament, this quality of God is often closely linked with His faithfulness. I think about Psalm 100, a psalm that many of you know by heart, in verse 5. For the Lord is good, His steadfast love endures forever, and His faithfulness to all generations. Do you see how those ideas are linked? His kindness with His faithfulness. How His kindness and His steadfast love endure forever. In fact, 42 times in the Old Testament we see that kindness is linked to something that endures forever. Something that lasts. Therefore, the kindness that we show as Christians, it must continue even when it's not wanted even when it's not appreciated, even when it's not returned. You may say, I have been kind and kind to this person, but they have not reciprocated that kindness to me. I have been kind and yet my my kindness has been ignored. I have been kind and yet the person I've been kind to has just been downright mean to me. What God's kindness, the quality of it teaches us is Okay, so you've had struggles in showing your kindness to others. It hasn't been shown back to you. The message is, keep being kind anyway. Keep showing your kindness anyway. If it's a kindness that comes from the working of the Holy Spirit in your life, in your heart, then it's a kindness that will endure as God's kindness endures, as God's kindness is linked with His faithfulness. The kindness 
that we show as Christians, it's not like nice. You know, nice, it comes and goes. It's something you wear as a mask out in public, but then when you get home, you take it off and you're actually mean. That's not what we're talking about. Nice comes and go, kindness endures. So my question to you is, do you need to experience God's enduring kindness today? Have you taken His kindness for granted in your life? You know, the Bible tells us that God's kindness is meant to lead us to repentance. That is the experience of His kindness in our lives is to compel us to make changes. It, it is to motivate us uh, to repent and to express our gratitude in the way that we live our lives. Is that true of you? Has God's kindness led you to repentance? Has the experience of God's kindness changed the way you live, the way you interact and speak out in the world? It's supposed to. We are supposed to be so impressed and amazed and appreciative of the kindness of God that we are not the same people anymore. Because of God's kindness to us, we have given our lives in loving obedience to Him. Have you done that? If you have not submitted to God in baptism for the forgiveness of your sins, if you've not been immersed in the name of Christ, then you haven't done that. Um, it's not rocket science. I don't want you to think that it is. And, and maybe that's a lie that Satan sort of tosses out there. Well, I need to understand more about it. I, I don't know if I'm getting all the facts. Let me just sort of clear the playing field here. You need to understand that you're a sinner. I'm a sinner. We all are. That sin is leading to death and destruction. That's not what we want to experience. That we need a Savior. And that the only Savior who can truly rescue us from our sins is Jesus Christ. And the way that you receive salvation from God through Jesus is you come and you say, yes, I believe. Yes, I want to turn away from my old, my old life. Yes, I want to submit. I want to go down into that water to have my sins washed away. That's what it is. It's quite simple. You won't be joining this particular congregation. Uh, you won't be adhering to, to, to some uh, man-made set of regulations. You will be entering the kingdom of God. You will become a member of the church belonging to Jesus Christ. You will receive the salvation of God that includes eternal life in God's presence. Are you ready to experience the kindness of God today? You can. Or if you feel like you've taken God's kindness for granted and you need prayer. You know, the last three weeks we've had, I think every week, somebody has come. Somebody's responded to the invitation. And maybe you need to today. Maybe there's a need that you need to share. You need us to be praying. We want to be doing that for you. Would you come as we stand and sing?